Since 2010, many of us Montana residents, business owners, sportsmen and women, and conservationists join forces under the banner of Montanans for Healthy Rivers to identify and conserve the last best free-flowing rivers in Montana. Some of the greatest river stewards and boots on the ground helping to protect our rivers day in and day out are guides. From a guiding perspective, I can tell you that sustainability and preservation is my ultimate goal. My name is Kinsley Scott. I'm a Montana native and guide, and I have been with Montanans for Healthy Rivers for years now. Welcome to River Ramble Guides Edition. In this series, we will hear from guides and outfitters from across the state in various regions of the proposed grassroots legislation Montanans for Healthy Rivers Coalition is currently fighting for. The Crown of the Continent proposal would protect 200 river miles in the heart of Montana, and the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act would preserve an additional 336 miles of river within the pristine Greater Yellowstone ecosystem. In today's episode, we are chatting with an accomplished guide and jack-of-all-trades, Gary McDaniel. Gary spent many seasons guiding and working in the heart of the Bob Marshall Wilderness. He is here representing the northern end of the South Fork of the Flathead tributaries, which include the Spotted Bear River, Aeneas, Graves, and Upper Twin Creeks. Gary shares with us why protection of these watersheds is so important. Hello, how are you today? I'm El Kendley, how are you? I am doing good. We had a little bit harder of a time connecting as you have very limited cell phone service where you are. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to join me here. Uh, no worries. My pleasure. It's it's kind of nice being off the grid, but it can be a pain sometimes also. Yeah, I can only, I can only imagine. So today we're going to be chatting and kind of finishing out the South Fork of the Flathead and its tributary. So in the previous episode, we discussed and covered the upper reaches of the South Fork of the Flathead River and those tributaries that are up for protection. So as we okay. move down this already designated wild and scenic main river system that is the South Fork of the Flathead, we are completing the list here today of the proposed tributary systems with a man that knows it well. Gary is here with us today to share his experiences over the years on the Spotted Bear River, Aeneas, Graves, and Upper Twin Creeks. So Gary, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about yourself. Um, my name's Gary McDaniel. Uh, I've been guiding for only about 10 years, but I've been fly fishing for uh, over 25 now. Um, I was at Spotted Bear Ranch for four years uh, as a guide, two years of that as operations manager and head guide at Spotted Bear. Mm-hmm. And I'm currently living and guiding down in southwest Colorado, long way from Montana, but pretty country nonetheless. So, so nowadays, what rivers do you spend your time on? I spend a lot of time on the San Miguel River, which uh, flows out mm-hmm. of Telluride. It's a beautiful little freestone stream. And uh, I also spend a lot of time rowing the Gunnison below the uh, Black Canyon. Uh, so where most folks take out for the Gunnison Gorge float, mm-hmm. that's where I put in and float uh, down to kind of the desert section of the river for big browns and rainbows. Awesome. And a, and a fun fact, I know we talked about this previous. Uh, you have quite a bit of experience when it comes to wild and scenic information. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I guess back in 2010, I did a two-month stint in Alaska with the BLM, and uh, we did a bunch of flyovers in uh, the Anwar area trying to find ways to, to 
hinder oil and gas development in uh, in Anwar. Um, not many folks know this, but Anwar has over 40,000 unnamed rivers that uh, are up for uh, potential development, and uh, it's a place that's worth protecting. I'm glad to, to have spent time up there. Um, and I wow. also was with the, BL, with the BLM for a while out of Grand Junction, Colorado, and was involved in uh, assisting some new wilderness designation, uh, specifically the uh, Dominguez-Escalante Wilderness, which, is ha- which has been designated and uh, is adjacent to the Gunnison River and, uh, and a few creeks that flow out of that section. Awesome. So I thought you were the perfect person, you know, with your experience in this area of the world and specifically talking about the spotted bear and these other three tributary creeks. I thought you were the perfect person, especially with that a little nugget of knowledge with your, your experience. So, so for this two-part series, highlighting one of the largest connected areas under the Crown of the Continent proposal, I've broken it into two groupings. So in the previous episode, Jason Brennan-Stool and I discussed from the headwaters down and Gary is here to complete the picture and round out why protection of this amazing place is much needed. So, Gary, can you just drop us a pin and kind of paint us a picture of the area that we're talking about today? As many listeners, including myself, have not had the opportunity to experience. Uh, start with the confluence of the spotted bear in the south fork of the Flathead. Uh, the South Fork has gained a lot of notoriety lately for its wilderness section. A lot of folks are pack rafting it and fishing it. It's, a, it's getting to be a, a well-known bull trout fishery. Um, but the spotted bear has remained pretty much off the grid with the exception mm-hmm. of one magazine article that I know of. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's designated as a river just because of its drainage area, but it's more of a, it's a creek, honestly, and a small creek at that. But it is a, a mind-blowing fishery. Uh, but even fishing aside, the landscape and the wildlife and the sheer remoteness of it are what make it really special to me. And uh, how you can hike it for miles and miles and miles day after day and not see anybody else and uh, and see just untold amounts of wildlife. Oh, that is awesome. So in the world, uh, where exactly you had mentioned the, the headwa- headwaters of the spotted bear, where if you could drop a pin on a map, where exactly would that be? Boy, um, I need to look at a map to describe this. It's essentially <laughs> south, south, south of Glacier, and uh-huh. uh, just off of Hungry Horse Reservoir, which uh, I think most Montanans probably know where that is, but folks outside mm-hmm. of Montana don't. Um, and it flows from what's near an area called Gunsight Pass um, down along a section called the Limestone Wall, which is kind of the baby brother to the the Chinese Wall on the on the front. Uh, side of of the Bob Marshall wilderness Mm -hmm. and it flows out of those headwaters and there's a lot of little creeks that come into it Sergeant's Creek comes to mind and uh, and slowly build it up Um, it's not floatable most of the year but uh, there's a short window of time in spring when you can't float it it can be a little hairball and if you do it you definitely want to take a chainsaw with you for the first time (laughs) completely understandable so so for listeners uh, some statistics Spotted bear in nearly its entirety would be protected, which would come in at 34.24 miles. And some of these other creeks that we're including in this, uh, Aeneas Creek would gain four miles. Graves Creek would be just shy of nine miles. And Upper Twin Creek would gain six miles of protection. How is the spotted bear a very large system? I mean, you you likened it to a creek. No, lengthwise it is it is not large, but mm-hmm. it is so 
encompassed in the wilderness that it's it's really difficult to access in a lot of places, which makes it seem mm-hmm. a lot longer than it is. Uh, it looks like a beautiful, beautiful area of the world. So let me ask you this. I understand you're you're no longer in Montana, but places like this, the Spotted Bear and these, you know, special spots that you have spent time in, why is this area of the world so special to you? Um, I, I, I've fished all over the world. I've been lucky enough to fish all over the world. And the Spotted Bear stands out as the place to me that is the most pristine. It It's the kind of place that if you get walking with clients or walking on your own, you'll it's, it's a fairly good hike to the good fishing. You can have miles and miles of essentially fishless water, but if you know the area and you, you take the time to get to know it, the, the fishing can be mind-blowing. But along that hike and along the trail, the spotted bear, on most days you have a pretty good chance of seeing, you know, both black bears and grizzlies. Um, there's a, a decent population of moose back there. There are certain pools that early in the season that you're pretty much guaranteed to see harlequin females and harlequin uh, duck hatchlings. You know, and it's, a lot of folks know harlequins are an endangered species, and there's not many places left where you can actually see those critters. Um, oh, I've, awesome. I've had the opportunity to, to walk up with clients on a morning when it just stopped raining, and you can see spots where a female moose and wolves had run up and down the trail all night, all night long. And you could tell where the moose laid down to rest. And then the, the wolves got her back up and, and chased her back into the woods. And to be able to walk up a trail like that, especially in the lower 48 and see a, a detailed story of, of what happened the night before with the wildlife is, is pretty mind blowing. Um, oh, continuing awesome. with the wildlife. It's, it's the only place that I've been on a Creek in the northern wilderness and actually seeing mountain goats, which still blows my mind to this day. So, Oh, that is awesome. It is, it is such a diverse and rich, and as you said, pristine ecosystem. That's, so as it, far it, as the it's, fish- it's, it's an amazing place. It's my favorite fishery in the world, period. Awesome. So, so piggybacking off of that, fisheries-wise, what, what species uh, of, of trout could be found in, in the spotted bear? The spotted bear area is special in that you can catch genetically pure West Slope cutthroat trout, which is a pretty mm-hmm. rare thing. I'm not, I'm not a fan of dams, but the Hungry Horse Dam at the bottom of Hungry Horse Reservoir was built, I believe, in the late 40s, early 50s, or completed in the early 50s. And mm-hmm. no exotic species were ever introduced into that system. So you have bull trout, which you know, everybody loves to catch bull trout. Pure strain West Slope cuts. You have a, uh, a species of pike minnow. And the spotted bear strangely holds some of the biggest whitefish I've ever seen in my life. Oh well, and, and, and whitefish are too, and you know, an indicative species to a to a healthy ecosystem, and they are a vital vital part of that healthy system. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as the as the cuts go upstream from Hungry Horse Reservoir in the spring to spawn. A lot of bull trout will follow those cuts up, and uh, as they lay the eggs, the uh, the bulls will get downstream of those egg, the eggs and, and eat them. And while it is very illegal to fish for bulls in that uh, in that tributary, it's pretty darn cool to sit on the bank and watch thirty uh, five inch fish swimming around in foot deep water. Uh, you know that's oh. probably only ten feet across. Um, you know, and continue cool with the bull trout in, in, in the fall. 
the bulls, even more bulls will move up into the creek and uh, develop their spawning colors. And it's just, it's a mind blowing sight to see this massive fish staging for spawn in tiny, tiny water. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a super special place. Absolutely. It, oh, that sounds incredible. So, so when you were based in Montana and you were on, you know, these water systems daily, how did you share important conservation issues that are facing Montana with clients? That's a good question. It's a delicate question also. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of my clients there were oil and gas-based Texas folks. Um, and it, I, I took it as re- my responsibility to educate those folks on, you know, ex- ex- the extraction industries versus their enjoyment of pristine you know, Montana fishing waters. And mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I took it upon myself just to, to discuss with them how the extraction industries and development in general puts a hurt on the things that they love. And I was always surprised at the disconnect that, uh, that people had w- with that. Um, they did not see any correlation between the things they did in their daily lives, how they made their money, how they shopped, um, the, the other ways they recreated, how that could actually have a, a a direct and detrimental impact on their recreation. Um, so, you know, everything from pointing out the wildlife to flipping rocks and showing them, you know, caddis and mayflies and how those things only live in, in cold, clean water um, with high oxygen levels. You know, it's it was just a daily thing to me. The fishing is amazing, but with most of my clients, I try and, and incorporate you know, some level of of natural history education and environmental education. That way they can take it home and hopefully, you know, talk about that area or, you know, implement, you know, little bitty things in the daily lives to help our rivers and our ecosystems out. So kind of piggybacking off of that, if this bill is passed, how do you see this area benefiting from the protection? Um, I see it being benefited by staying just the way it is, um, pristine, mm-hmm. quiet, um, hopefully low visitation rates and, and keeping the visitors that do go in respectful of the area. Um, there's, there's a road that roughly follows the spotted bear up to uh, fairly close, about five miles from the Great Bear Wilderness Boundary. Other than that, um, there's a lot of horse traffic in there for hunting operations, and, uh, and that's it. And I think that's the way it should stay, clean, quiet, and pristine, and for the enjoyment of not only Montanans, but for Americans and, and people of the world. Absolutely. And for future generations. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it, again, there's just not many places you can go and see grizzly bears and black bears and moose mm-hmm. and harlequin ducks and mountain goats and, and bull trout all in the same day. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's damned important. It is. So as I said, the, the South Fork and the Flathead and all these tributaries that have been featured in not only this episode, but the previous, it would designate an additional 154.95 miles of wild and scenic waters. That's a pretty awesome statistic right there. Absolutely. I was wondering if you could share a quick story kind of off the top of your head in which a client, a family member, anyone you can think of demonstrated conservation ethics. So I want you to kind of think of a proud guide moment for you in bestowing conservation ethics to, to someone else with a profound impact. It's so much, so much of, of guiding in the South Forks from the spotted bear falls back from, like, from a guide's perspective onto bull trout. 
the it, that the spotted bear river is a nursery for those fish and uh you know we all love to catch big fish and uh, but sometimes you have to hold yourself back so you know in the in the spring and in the fall when you're fishing the spotted bear and you see these massive bull trout and and sometimes people really want to fish to those fish and you know i know the flies that will get them and i know the drift that'll get them but taking the time to talk to that client and educate them on how if we if frankly if we if we mess with those fish we are potentially harming the the entire ecosystem from from you know the bull trout the osprey and the cutthroat down and being able to sit on the bank with those folks and talk to them about that and and talk them down from desperately wanting that that 35 36 inch bull trout and uh it's it's a nice thing to calm them down and make them happy with well it's essentially for that region a stud you know cutthroat of 16 to 19 inches um just little things like that make a make a big difference to me in uh in, in guiding and in conservation yeah that i've been there you know with clients again uh not not in your neck of the woods uh, up on the spotted bear, but even down here on the Blackfoot. And it, it is, that is uh, a great opportunity to take to explain the greater picture and why ethics and, and these teachings are so important. I, I agree. 100%. Absolutely. So lastly, if you had a message for folks right now or could encourage others listening to take action, what would that be? Um, I would say write your congressman or the, the folks that are in charge of of voting on this designation um talk to your friends about about the area you know especially the fisheries and in the uh, riparian landscapes of, of northwest montana that not a lot of folks know about um it seems like northwest montana is off the grid for most people and as as i've seen especially down in southwest colorado covid has had an interesting effect on our wild landscapes and uh in, in especially yeah. a lot of folks frankly, from the cities coming in and not knowing how to recreate responsibly. If you do go anywhere, especially Northwest Montana and the Spotted Bear drainage, be gentle on the place, be kind to it, and, uh, and you know, tell your friends about it, but when they come back in, tell them to tread gently. I love that. I, I agree. We've, we've seen, it's been a, a mirrored effect, it seems, uh, with COVID. So, We've yes. seen much of the same of a response up here. So no, I, I appreciate you you saying that. So thank you. I'm I'm out of I'm out of questions. I so appreciate you joining us here today, taking the time and coming in all the way from uh, Colorado. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time, Kinsley. Thank you very much. From all of us here at Montanans for Healthy Rivers, thank you for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about the Crown of the Continent proposal the Montana Headwaters Legacy Act, and to join our efforts, please visit healthyriversmt.org to add your endorsement.